0: Welcome to He Read, She Read, the podcast where a couple of married bookworms discuss what they're reading and learning. Today we're sharing our favorite memoirs and a short to-be-read list. I'm Curtis.
1: And I'm Chelsea. How are you doing today, hon?
0: Well, I'm ready for some general chit-chat.
1: General chit-chat. Well, (sighs) I have a story for you. I'm ready. So I went to the chiropractor today. And... Yeah, it was great. And the small town where my chiropractor is located has this little pop-up opportunity for small business owners so they have a little storefront and there's a grant from the city and they offer this grant to a small business every few months where they let them come in and have a pop-up shop with no overhead expenses and so for right now there's a little bookstore pop-up shop so it's just down the road from my chiropractor and they're open um they are small and require masks but you know I was like the only customer in there um and they had a little selection of books some bookish treats I thought it was super cute And so I was able to get a couple of books for our nephews and I got Iron Lake by William Kent Kruger because I think that both of us would like that book. It was in paperback and a really pretty book sleeve and justified it all under supporting small business.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's a good use of your time when you've just come out from a chiropractor adjustment
1: yeah it was nice it was nice to pop in and you know definitely a day brightener that's for sure
0: i did not go to a bookstore today <laughs> um, but i don't glad have that those you got by to. you <laughs> no not unfortunately no um but i'm glad that you got to experience one that's good
1: yes so um we'll see you haven't read iron lake have you
0: never heard of it before
1: it's a mystery. Here, let me pull up the description because I know people are going to be curious now that
0: I've mentioned I thought, it. I, th- I thought it sounded like a mystery when you said Iron Lake. If there's yeah. a if there's a mystery book name generator, I feel like that falls, in, <laughs> falls into a category.
1: So it is the first in a series about Cork O'Connor, and he is part Anishinaabe and part Irish, and he used to be a sheriff in Minnesota, and he's bitter. He had a really bad marriage separation, and he is just like a, a hardened former cop, and I think there's a murder and a missing kid, and so he takes on the case, and there's also a blizzard, So he's facing personal troubles, a mystery, and the elements in Minnesota. we,
0: We love stories like that where they face the elements.
1: Yeah, I think it sounds really good. I have heard from several fans of Kruger that it's wonderful. So it just sounds like a good mystery to curl up with when it's snowing outside. And
0: that kind of reminds me a little of the dry. When you kind of have like the crotchety uh, cop, and then the element in the well in that story, if it was more the desert than a blizzard, but and then there's always a murder,
1: always a murder. I think that's definitely one that you'd be interested in reading too. So I picked it up.
0: Good, fu- good find, hun. You're always good for finding books for both of us.
1: I try. Thank you. <laughs> all right so let's tackle an update on our reading goals mine is really short I did not read a memoir so that's just gonna be my reading goal for next week
0: (laughs) but we're going to talk about memoirs today I know it's not funny (laughs) I feel like that's a nice little connection Um, I did read a fiction book and that goes right into my review for this episode Uh, I read The Institute by Stephen King and I'll say, I I think it's a standalone. I'm not sure if it's going to turn into a series, but the premise is there's a little boy named Luke who uh, is a, I wouldn't even be able to categorize what level of intelligent he is, but he's talking about going into a program uh, duel at MIT and Emerson, and he's 12 years old. So that's kind of how we meet him where he's just over, the moon intelligent and then he ends up getting kidnapped uh, and placed into this place for gifted children not in the same sense of intelligence but in like telekinetic and telepathic abilities so he's trying to figure all that stuff out um it's about a lot of relationships with the other people that are involved in the institute and trying to get to the bottom of why they're there who put them there, and kind of, uh, I don't want to reveal too much other than that, uh, but I will say the fun part about reading this one is, um, the past couple of weeks, my mom's been listening to the show again, because uh, I haven't been able to call that much, and that's a little bit of a guilt trip on her part, and I appreciate it. Um, <laughs> did she
1: tell you that she's listening to the podcast because she, she doesn't hear from you?
0: She did say that, yes. <laughs> um, but I, uh... <laughs> I mentioned the Institute as a to-be-read a couple weeks ago, and she said that she's read it and liked it, so that was an added little bonus. So, Mom, I know you're listening. It was good. (laughs) We'll we'll talk about it later.
1: That's really cute. She misses you.
0: I know. i got to find time. That's cute. Uh, Why don't you go ahead for your uh, review for this month?
1: Well, this isn't so much a review. It's a little bit more like a hint, because I finished The Fellowship of the Ring, And I don't want to say too much about it because Sarah and I recorded a Novel Pairings episode about it, and I obviously want people to go and listen over there.
0: Um, Once again, Novel Pairings getting priority over the the show with your husband, who is a big fan of The Lord of the Rings going way back. But, But I digress.
1: Okay, well, anyway, talk about Guilt Trips
0: well let let me just ask for a second so was it helpful my advice at all kind of breezing through some of the boring bits and did you get to the point where you actually enjoyed like the second two thirds
1: I loved the bridge chapter okay I I enjoyed the rest more than I thought I was going to
0: I'll take that as a win, to be honest.
1: I was still mostly bored. And I go into it with Sarah. And I, of course, will talk with you about it off mic. But I think that you'll really enjoy listening to the episode. Because I think the things that I liked about it will maybe mean that I'll like the movies more than I think I will.
0: And I think that's an even bigger win. Because... Nobody will be surprised by this, but I own all of the extended collector's editions on Blu-rays, and we're just going to sit down and watch twelve hours of Lord of the Rings one day.
1: Um, no, I can't do that in a row. <laughs> but I ha-
0: I have done that in the past for the for the listening. Oh, audience. I'm
1: sure you have. <laughs> I'm just I cannot do that. Um, so correct me if I'm wrong, but you're a bigger fan of the film franchise than the books, right?
0: That is that is correct. So it's been a while since I've actually read the books um I've read The Hobbit more recently as a reread which I do like um but I'm more a fan of the the movies than the books themselves because I think they're just exceptional
1: so I yeah I think the things that I like about the book will probably come through in the movie and I assume a lot of the boring stuff is cut out so I also just think it's going to be helpful for me to have more visuals because Tolkien describes a ton of things and I'm not all about description and I think it'll be nice to just see it instead of having to read four straight pages of it.
0: Yeah, there's like back-to-back three or four pages of a description scene setting before people are even talking.
1: Yeah. The other thing, and like I said, uh, I get into more detail over at Novel Pairings about this, but I I really like character and character building, and there's just not a ton of that in The Fellowship of the Ring.
0: Yeah, it's more set up, I'll give you that. Like, you get more into the characters in Two Towers, and then you get their more climactic... Um, you know falling rising action Tainu ma falling action in uh, return of the king
1: so that's my kind of review kind of a teaser i'll make sure to uh share the novel pairings episode over at he Read she Read when that comes out for people who are curious and i will definitely be eager to, to chat with you more about it off mic
0: Well, eventually sometime we're just going to have to do, like, some stories on when when we watch the Fellowship of the Ring.
1: Oh, yeah, we can totally do that.
0: That'll, That'll work. People will like that. It's all about the content.
1: All right, Curtis. So we wanted to come up with a theme for this episode. We like to give some book recommendations based around a theme. And so we realized that while we've referenced memoir a lot on the podcast, we've never done a specific memoir recommendations episode.
0: Right. And the threads of memoir are in a lot of things that we've read recently. I know books that we've mentioned a lot this year are Know My Name by Chanel Miller. And I was a big fan of... Uh, Admiral McRaven's book which kind of toes that line between autobiography and memoir Um, and so I wanted to kind of clarify that for some people if they're kind of not back and forth on what is memoir what is an autobiography and the way that it makes sense for me is a memoir is more an individual is writing about moments or events rather than the entirety of their life story so like a biography or an autobiography tells the story of an entire life memoir is more like a story from a life with like touchstone events turning points and trying to wrap it up into either a central theme or a time period in their life so that's that's kind of my approach to it do you kind of feel the same way about it or do you
1: yeah that definition feels right memoir tends to be about something specific or like it doesn't have to be about just a specific moment i think it could be about someone's overall life but through a specific lens or theme whereas biography the theme is just this is my life but memoir typically has more of like a frame or a running thread through it and it's it's about something beyond just their life
0: right so that's what makes it interesting for me is it like, you can have multiple different perspectives on somebody's life, um, but if they're writing a memoir about a specific set of circumstances or touchpoint events, that's something that they're really passionate about and it carries onto the page. So that's why I like memoir a lot. Mm-hmm.
1: I think I love it so much just because I really love a good story and... I think often there's a little bit more creative freedom that authors have with memoir than they do with biography or autobiography because there are more specific structures and things in place for publishing biography or autobiography. I think memoir offers more creative freedom. So what we're doing today is giving three of our all-time favorite memoirs and then sharing three memoirs that we would like to read. Curtis, would you like to go first?
0: Sure. So I'll lead off with probably one of my favorite memoirs that I was reading um, when I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. Um, And I was kind of uh, you a know, post 9-11 kid um, feeling a call to service not really sure which branch I wanted to do so I read a, some books from the army read some books from the marine corps and one of the uh, marine books that I liked uh, and then actually turned into a show uh, that I was a big fan of, Generation Kill, uh, the book is called One Bullet Away, The Making of a Marine Officer by Nate Fick. So Nate Fick is a kind of part of that new wave of around uh, 1999, early 2000s, where he's highly educated, uh, went to Dartmouth, uh, and then eventually got multiple degrees from Harvard, business school, and public policy. So he goes to OCS, which is Officer Candidate School, after his junior year at Dartmouth. And it's an interesting part where normally people join the military, like, either when they just start college or they go to a service academy when they're 18, 19 years old. He brings this perspective of he's already into his 21, 22 time frame, a little bit more developed, and thinks of things a little bit differently. So he is very good about highlighting the difference between the idealistic view of the military and then what is actually done in practice. And he does it not just in the training center, but Um, For two combat deployments When he went to Afghanistan right after 9-11 And then when he was a reconnaissance marine During uh, the invasion of Iraq So that's the kind of portion of the story That I was more familiar with And interested in Because the invasion of Iraq Is the center point of the HBO show uh, Called Generation Kill And then was also a book So what I like about Nate is He reveals the hardships That young leaders are having to deal with having to make split second decisions that have like immediate consequences, but also like big time repercussions around the world and how his perspective about what the way things are versus how they should be doesn't always match up. So, you know, I I personally deal with that a lot and people deal with that in the military today. So I think it's an important person and an important perspective to have. So for people that are, in that realm of like leadership young officers that type of stuff I'm a big fan of it but it it shaped a lot of the way that I think about things in the military so
1: do you think it was more formative for you at the beginning of your career or is it something that you think about now as being more influential in how you see your army career now
0: I think the latter is more accurate, like he's out of the military now, he was only in for about six or years, um, and now he's going on and doing different things in the civilian sector, but I've seen, you know, I'm on my second combat deployment now, and it's easy to see comparisons where you want things to be a certain way, but then they aren't always that way, so with age, you know, with that old adage, um, you kind of see it from a different view, and then especially with all the stuff that I read when I was younger and trying to think about, hey, this is this what my experience is going to be like? And it turned out to be very different. So that's my two cents on it. Do you want to go with your first favorite?
1: Sure. Yeah, let's do favorites first and keep people in suspense for our to-be-read lists. There we go. My first favorite is one that I read fairly recently, and it is a memoir in essays, which is maybe my favorite kind of memoir. And I, I just love this one so much. I listened to it on audio. It is Here For It by R. Eric Thomas. And Thomas is a pop culture critic and comedian. He's hilarious. And these essays are part stories about his childhood and his coming of age as a young gay black man in america and then some are about his job and his relationships and my favorite part was that throughout all of this he weaves in pop culture references and humor in just the absolute best ways he narrates the audiobook version and i absolutely adored it i was laughing and yet I still think about it all the time, his essays are funny and so thoughtful, and it is probably going to end up on my best books of the year list, and I think I would like to own a physical copy so that I could read it again in a different format because I loved it so much, and I just really, really, maybe over the last two years, have discovered that I love essays Particularly, memoir in essays as a format. I don't know why. It just really works for me. I love the writing style of those. And so that's definitely one of my favorites. I think that you would really enjoy it too, Curtis. All right. Do you have another favorite memoir to share with us?
0: Now, this one might be a little controversial because I don't know if people will actually view it as a memoir, but it's got memoir components that I really like. Um, It's not a memoir. Oh.
1: This is not a memoir. I think you put it in here just so that we would have an argument.
0: Well, what would ever make you think that I would want to do that?
1: Because <laughs> I know you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it also leads up into something later. Um, more oftentimes, this will be referred to as a true crime book, uh, but it's I'll Be Gone in the Dark by Michelle McNamara. So while I agree with you, that for most of the story when they're just revealing the history of the case it's true crime the part that I think is what I like about the memoir components are when she's talking about her obsession and trying to find clues and diving through all of the documents and that component is the kind of cornerstone moments of her life and how it relates to her career and ultimately even after she passes away contributes to the capture and arrest of one of the worst criminals in california's history so i'm interested to hear what you would say about that
1: i say it's not a memoir
0: yeah, but can like you see not what I'm even saying? a little
1: bit i would if it's not under true crime i would say it's investigative journalism and i think that a very common A very common thing that we see with investigative journalism now is the journalist placing themselves in the story which is what I'll be gone in the dark does
0: yeah we saw that with John Kerry Rue with and the book that we've talked about a lot Um, I I guess I see it from your view but I also just wanted to spark a little bit of a discussion so we don't always agree I, th- I think that there's, I think there's some more components, like when an author puts themselves into the story and how it has shaped them throughout, I'm, I'm just going to stick to my guns on this one.
1: I figured you would.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you go with your, uh, your next one?
1: okay my next favorite is end of the rope mountains marriage and motherhood by jan redford and this is a memoir that is probably way lesser known it was published by a smaller press and i just really liked redford's story the maybe first two-thirds at least the first half of the memoir she shares all these details about her becoming a professional mountain climber and that really being her passion but it's a world where there are very few women and so her stories about mountain climbing were really fascinating there's this one story where she gets rescued and there's this really harrowing adventure and then there's another one where she's trying to cross a glacier and she's basically the guide of a bunch of boy scouts and so those stories were excellent but then it turns more personal and relationship focused and talks about her marriage and transition to motherhood and how the freedom that she had rock climbing and mountain climbing sort of went away with a marriage where she was kind of stifled and there was a little bit of there was definitely some abuse there so I I don't think it's a spoiler to say that she got out of a bad marriage and so the last part of the memoir really goes into details about how she got out of that marriage and found herself again and I found it to be inspiring and page turning especially with all of the adventures that she has she also talks about having really close female friendships with fellow women mountain climbers and the importance of those relationships in her life so it's one that doesn't get a lot of attention and I really really liked it so just a reminder that is End of the Rope Mountains Marriage and Motherhood by Jan Radford.
0: So my last one is Harvey Penick's Little Red Book uh, which is a golf instructional but also talks about his life as a instructor in Austin, Texas. He's been the pro of a golf club there for over like 40 years before he passed away. Harvey's known as uh, like the Socrates of the golf world, where he started off as a caddy worked all the way up through the university of Texas at Austin and has a lot of key uh, students in the eighties that came up and were big players on the PGA tour I got this book from my dad when I was young, and I think what stuck with me the most is just the relationships that he develops with his students, and how they're all, you know, a little bit different, and then overall the things that he's trying to impart on them as far as, you know, golf, but then in their personal lives, and how he really takes pride in all of their achievements, and they're really inclusive of him as they move forward. So, uh, I also got a book on him for my dad for Christmas last year which I'm not sure he's read uh, but you know coronavirus times would be a perfect time so if my mom is still listening make dad read that book that I got him.
1: Okay so the last memoir that I would like to recommend as a favorite is Persepolis by Marjan Satrapi and This is a graphic memoir, and it is in two parts, but I think that you can buy both of them together. And it is about her childhood and her coming-of-age story growing up in Iran during the Islamic Revolution. And all of the pictures are in black and white, and she has a very distinct artistic style. And so she goes from, like, kindergarten age five or six all the way up through her teen years where she's living um with the overthrow of the shah's regime the islamic revolution the war with iraq there's all of this history and background that's threaded throughout her memoir and then it goes into her college years and adulthood in the second part so I really loved this. I'm not an avid graphic novel reader, but every time that I do read them, I really enjoy the experience. And it was just cool to get a memoir in a totally different format. I was super engaged. I learned a lot of history, certainly. And um, she is actually now a director and she's directing, I think it's a TV series about Marie Curie so just some interesting background about the author but that's Persepolis and it's a graphic memoir and I really enjoyed it
0: now I've read a couple of graphic novels uh, like in college and stuff even though it's not an area that I dip into a lot but I remember when you read this and I thought it was a very you know creative way to tell a story especially from a memoir perspective and I hadn't seen it before so can confirm it's a very well done the illustrations are well done and it's an interesting and unique way to tell a story
1: yeah and it, i think that there are more graphic memoirs out now um, i'll actually recommend one later but i think that it is a format that we see more often and i think she was one of the first to do it which is always cool all right, let's talk about our to be red lists. We're going to share three memoirs that we want to read.
0: The first one that I'm going to talk about is Faith of My Fathers by the late John McCain. So this is published in 1999, and it's a combination of ...his story of his captivity after he was shot down during Vietnam... ...and then talking about the stories of his father and grandfather... ...who were both four-star admirals and how that kind of shaped his life. So he, he was kind of reluctant to tell his own story and write an entire book about it... Uh, ...but what kind of got him to that point is his literary agent wanted to bring in the story of his father and grandfather... And I just find that is interesting because I've always been into, like, reading about John McCain in Vietnam. uh, But I've never actually picked up this book yet. So it's something that I'm interested in reading about and seeing how he talks about not only his time as a prisoner of war and what he endured during that, but then also how remembering the service of his father and his grandfather helped him through that and then in the aftermath uh, and got him to where he was. So first one for me faith of my father's john mccain
1: is that one on your shelf i don't
0: actually own it so it's a tbr that i do not own
1: that is I rare know.
0: well i own like 300 books that i haven't read i
1: don't know i think that's just outrageous
0: yeah <laughs> What's your uh, first one that you got on your TBR? Do you you own this?
1: I don't, no. That's not unusual for me, though. (laughs) (laughs) I actually think that I might listen to this one on audio. We will see. But it's a memoir and essays. And this is Wow, No Thank You by Samantha Irby. And I think it's probably kind of a similar tone to our Eric Thomas, where she is a humor writer. Samantha Irby is really funny and I've heard that these essays are hilarious so I I mean I guess I don't know if this is really qualified as memoir in essays or if it is personal essays there's a slight difference not as much of a difference between true crime and memoir but a slight (laughs) difference (laughs) and so I think that this is maybe more of a collection of personal essays, but that can be pretty memoir-ish. So I mostly really want to read this because I've heard great reviews from friends who have read it, and I just, like I've said, I really love the essay format. If they're personal stories about someone's life combined with musings and reflection on what they've learned from those experiences, I'm here for it, and if it's funny, even better
0: sounds interesting
1: it has a bunny on the cover and i don't know why but i am curious to learn
0: Maybe one of the essays is about a bunny
1: maybe i don't know
0: (laughs) well much like my second favorite my second tbr might spark a little bit of some controversy uh interesting story with this one you've actually read this book and had a copy of it in our house i believe I don't know if you still have one, but when I was looking through my catalog, I also own a copy of it, and I don't remember where I bought it, um, but it's Hillbilly Elegy by J.D. Vance. So I think what drew me to it is kind of the family dynamic of the story, um, talking about Appalachia and, uh, you know, his like, old family connections back from Kentucky, even though he lives in Ohio. And... know I'm a sucker for a good old family story and seemed interesting which is probably why I picked it up but you have some things about this where you said you're kind of you liked parts of it but then parts of it you weren't a fan of and there's some controversy evolved around it
1: well I I read it mostly because it was touted as this book explains why Trump got elected and this book like reveals why um, white America is broken. Like, it was kind of, that's how it was publicized. So, shortly after the election, I picked it up. And I read it. I felt like it was compelling. I didn't really feel like it gave me any of those answers. But I thought it was fine. So, I'm pretty sure I got rid of the copy that I had unless maybe I just passed it on to you. I'm not really sure. Um, but then I saw from quite a few Appalachian writers they have pretty strong objections to the representation that he shares in the book he is not really like his family is from that area but he is not writing from a place of expertise about the area and um, they have shared that there's some there are some issues with the way that he represented them and Um, that he maybe made some really complex issues more simplified i think that the way that the book was marketed was also um not the best suited to what the book actually was i just here's the thing i just like i don't think it's that great of a memoir anyway regardless of all the controversy i thought it was just fine well
0: i guess i'll have to find out I think it's also been optioned by Netflix for pickup uh, by a Ron Howard, so that's coming this later this year.
1: Yeah, I'm curious to see what that will look like, but I don't know. I'm just not very interested in it. I was surprised to find it on your list, well, but...
0: I was also, like I said, I was going through my catalog trying to see memoirs that I have that I haven't read yet, um, and it seemed like it would be interesting.
1: Now, since we're kind of talking about books that are memoir-ish, but not exactly memoir in this episode as well, have you read Between the World and Me yet?
0: No, uh, I did just get it a couple days ago, but I haven't read it yet. Not enough to the point where I was going to throw it on the favorites, um, but I've talked about it uh, previously on the show as something that I was going to throw on my TBR.
1: I don't think it's really technically memoir, but it kind of feels like it could be in relation to all these personal nonfiction books we're talking Mm -hmm.
0: about. That's a good point.
1: All right. So another book that is on my to-be-read list is a graphic memoir. And this graphic memoir is Good Talk, a Memoir in Conversations by Mira Jacob. And I have heard that it's funny. Um, It depicts her journey as a first-generation American And so she talks about race and family and her love life. And um, I guess it started as a BuzzFeed piece, as many books and memoirs these days do. And her piece was 37 Difficult Questions from My Mixed-Raced Son. And so these are responses to her six-year-old son and just... a a collection of I guess conversations I don't know I haven't opened this book to look at what the inside looks like so it's hard to explain a graphic memoir without having knowledge of how the layout is and what it looks like but I have heard nothing but glowing reviews about it and it sounds really interesting so I'm really eager to get a copy and pick this up and I, I think that I'll probably read it pretty quickly. I've heard from friends that they just like absolutely kept turning the pages and flying through it. So I'm excited about Good Talk.
0: The last one that I have is You Can't Make This Up by Al Michaels. So Al Michaels is a sportscaster covering all the major enterprises. He's done the World Series, the Stanley Cup Finals, Super Bowls. Uh, His current job on Sunday Night Football with Chris Collinsworth, I think he's one of my favorite broadcasters that has ever done it. And this story just covers key moments uh, in his career going back to the 60s and then also just interactions with pop culture figures on television and in different sports, al michaels is somebody that i you know i respect his him professionally i think he's like one of the best at his job but also i really like his interviews on talk shows and different sports shows he's just very compelling uh and i like the front row seat that he's had uh, to a lot of different historical events so uh that's the uh, last one that i have to talk about
1: have any of the memoirs that i've mentioned so far sparked your interest
0: I mean, I have been interested in reading Persepolis just because of the last time you went through it and just because of the different perspective of growing up in Iran and stuff like that. So if there was one of yours that I would read, I think it would be that one.
1: All right. Well, I think my last one you will want to read as well. So this is like a joint TBR because I think when I bought it, you were with me and you were like, "Ooh, I want to read that too.
0: That happens sometimes.
1: So, this last one, this last one is The Education of an Idealist, a memoir. It is by Samantha Power. This memoir follows her journey. She was a war correspondent and a member of Obama's presidential cabinet she critiqued u.s foreign policy and she eventually through her career journey ended up as obama's human rights advisor and then he also named her u.s ambassador to the united nations and she was the youngest american to have that role and she's a pulitzer prize winning writer we know you love those pulitzers And so I am really excited to read this. And she talks about her childhood in Dublin, being a war correspondent in Bosnia, being in the White House Situation Room, being a diplomat. And she also kind of puts forth this response to what can one person do to change the world? And so I'm really interested in that framing and seeing what she has to say. So I am excited to read this one. And like I said, this is kind of like a joint to be read recommendation because I'm pretty sure when I picked it up at the bookstore, you were like, oh, I was going to grab that one.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Um, And I, I think it'll be interesting to hear what you think about it. And I'll find the time sometime.
1: that brings us to our recommendations of the week
0: i'll start with something that i already talked about on this show uh i'll be gone in the dark except it's the hbo series so i've seen the first couple episodes it talks about the journey that michelle mcnamara went on to write her book and some background on her life it's basically just the uh a documentary covering uh, her writing the book, but also going back and interviewing victims of the Golden State Killer um, with some original footage, but then also re-interviewing them after uh, Michelle has passed and kind of talking about it from that perspective. So, so far, so good. Would recommend. Um, And that's what I'm watching.
1: How do you just, like, watch that by yourself and then sleep at night?
0: I live in a locked compound where people can't get to me
1: i still couldn't do it too scary for me that's why my recommendation of the week is all about happiness i don't know if you knew this curtis but august is read a romance month
0: it's too bad i already filled my quota and read a romance this year
1: you could read another one (laughs) well i am excited to i mean i'm always excited to read romance but i am excited to have a specific romance focus for the month of august and just gives me an excuse to pick more of them up penny can you hear penny whining no okay maybe the mic won't pick it up too bad But I am just excited to have a romance focus this month and to share a bunch of romances that I love on Instagram and give recommendations and just celebrate the genre because it has become one of my favorites over the last few years.
0: Okay. Well, that's a quick look at some of our favorites from a genre that we both enjoy and some TBRs for us and hopefully for you Um, and that's all we have for you today.
1: Yeah, this is just a tiny sampling of favorite memoirs and the memoirs that are on our lists to read. Um, One that I was thinking about, Curtis, that neither one of us mentioned was um, Saeed Jones's memoir that we listened to on audio, How We Fight Mm, for Our Lives.
0: Good point. That's a good one.
1: We both really loved it. I was actually... I didn't know if you were going to bring it up or if I should bring it up, so neither one of us did. <laughs> but I remember we'll
0: that is a free recommendation.
1: Yeah, I remember we both really liked that one on audio, and audiobook is definitely how we get a lot of our mutual memoir reading done. So um, I highly recommend "How We Fight for Our Lives" by Sadie Jones. I, yeah, I wasn't sure which one of us would would mention that one.
0: Well, it turned out to be you.
1: <laughs> that is all we have for you today, listeners. Our upcoming Buddy Read is The City We Became by N.K. Jemison. We'll be recording that episode soon. And if you want to keep up with us, the best place to do that is on Instagram at HeReadSheRead read, or with our biweekly newsletter at um, HeReadSheRead.substack.com. You can also feel free to send us an email at heredsheredpodcast at gmail.com and visit heredshered.org for show notes. Thank you all for listening, and remember, the couple that reads together.
0: Sometimes disagrees about what a memoir is.
1: I'm right, though.